And now, Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for this photograph of Spike Cohen. I am Matt. I'm here. I'll be right down. And together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Yes. Thank you, kids. Hi, I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for being here. No matter what social media platform you are watching on right now, whether it is YouTube, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, uh, whether it is uh, Twitch, if you're watching us on Twitch, if you're watching us on Float, be sure to like, comment, share. Like, comment, share. LCR. I feel yes. like that was probably like, a band band at some point. That's share share spelled with an S. But yes. LCS. The R would be LCS. Reshare. Reshare. Retweet. LCS. Retweet. Retweet on Twitter. It's LCS it's like, on Facebook. LCR on Twitter. I'll be there. I'm so close to figuring out how to make this L C D sound system um but wherever you are please like it please comment please share uh tell all of your friends about muddied waters uh make sure that wherever you are watching it your phone is exploding with notifications anytime we go live even when they're accidental because you deserve to see it all oh man you deserve to see you deserve to see everything even shouldn't even tell you about are we not we're not live on are we live on Twitter. Are we? Are we right there on? Twitter. Yeah, we're live on Twitter. I'm. I'm. I'm yep. I'll be right back. I'm. I'm. I'm sharing it and retweet. I'm listening to your advice. Oh wow, man! Wait. I can't wait to to live to LCR on all of the major social That's media right. platforms. That's what I'm doing right now. LCR everywhere. Um, because remember, as uh, as this photograph of Spike always says, kids love it. Kids love it. Yes, like, comment, distribute, share. LCD sounds. Yes. Okay. okay. We're we're almost there. Always enough. There we go. Hey everybody! Thanks so much for tuning in to this amazing episode. Do all the stuff Matt just said. First, oh, what? First and foremost. Oh, first and foremost. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everything's backwards. First and foremost, if you haven't guessed, I'm streaming this week, which I haven't done for this episode for yes. this show in a while. Uh, first mm-hmm. and foremost, allow yes. me to thank the wonderful and fine people at knockemallathome.com for the cava that I am drinking on this fantastic episode. And allow me to thank Spectrum for shutting down minutes before we were supposed to go live thereby making the show take even longer than usual to get go live and have this really great angle. This is a fantastic angle to do a show at. I love it. And I also, some would, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, also, Le Bleu, delicious purified drinking water from the, I don't know where this comes from, Bluvanaka. Uh, before we get into this episode, uh, we here at Muddied Waters have to pay some bills, so let's get started. Yes. First and foremost, allow Muddy us to think. Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. 
the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. If you are not yet, I don't have those in this because I haven't done this one in a while. And if you'd like to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to the exclusive Facebook group, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. You can also go to the MuddyWatersMedia.store if you'd like to become an official voting member by going to MuddyWatersMedia.com slash store and buying some Waffle House House Caucus merch. We have uh, buttons and we have hats. Shirts. 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 No, I was saying I don't have the uh, the muddied water store and the anchor in this because I haven't used this one in months. That's fine. Yeah, we'll okay. do it then. The gravy, the gravy king. king. Thomas. <laughs> oh, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas Queter is running for state senate. In uh, the 52nd District of New York, he's a dear friend, and I love him very much, Thomas. I love you. <laughs> and uh, he says that he runs better than Albany, and I believe him because he is a good person, and he do a great job. Uh, if you go to TomFor52.com, uh, you can help him today. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. And also, next month, I will be at uh, some events in New York helping to promote his campaign for state senate. Yes, that will be fun. I'm certain yes. I can guess which week Tom will be on my show. <laughs> Jack Casey. Oh, look at the, that. that. Jack Casey. At my left shoulder. That's right. Jack, Jack Casey. Casey has written these books. What are they about? I'll never, ever find out or read them. But I'm sure they're great in their own special way. And you should read them too. The RoyalGreen.com. Actually, we're told they're really good books. But we have a very special, very valid reason for why we're not going to read them. If they're bad, we're going to feel bad for trying to get you to buy them. And if they're good, we're going to feel bad for making fun of them every week. So actually twice a week, multiple times a week. Uh, so we're just not going to read them, but you should go to the royalgreen.com, get them today. The Royal Green in silver throned and crowned it by gold. Joe Solaski is running to be the next Governor Pennsylvania. Joe Zalowski is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to help Joe become the first libertarian governor ever, then go to J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I. That's JoeSolowski.com. Stitches and glitches and defy the power. They have tumblers. They're boy howdy. Do they have tumblers? And they're the highest quality boy howdy tumblers you'll ever have. They keep your hots hot, your colds cold, and somehow it magically knows which one they are. It keeps them that way. Also, if you use the code Money Tumblr, you get 10% off. But even more insane than that, they customize for free. They don't charge you extra, no matter how much you have them customize it. And if you see how much they can customize these things, that's freaking incredible. Stitchesandglitches.com and defy the power dot. And if you use code Muddy Tumblr, you get 10% off. And that coupon code, Muddy Tumblr, for 10% off doesn't apply to customizations because they're free. And also... Because they're free. Because they're free. But also, it expires October 31st. So if you want to get oh. 10% off of fantastic Christmas shopping done, do it before Sunday. Do it before Sunday. That code expires on Sunday at midnight, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, so get that in and, uh, make sure you get all of your loved ones, fantastic tumblers 
for the holiday yes. season. Yes, get them in now because thanks to Joe Biden, the supply chain is not doing well. I know it's no longer it's no longer the 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 heyday of back in the Fourth of July when your your dinner cost sixteen cents less. No, we're now in a nightmare scenario where it costs sixteen cents more, and where everything costs everything is very hard to get. So go ahead and order it now, and it should be here in time for Christmas, hopefully. Maybe did you see Al Franken? Uh, never mind. We're not we're not going to talk about this here. Um, Al Franken. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Al Franken was on. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. Al Franken was on. Uh, I think it was CNN. It may have been MSNBC. Uh, but he was talking about uh, inflation and how things are costing more at the grocery store and at, you know the gas station. And he was essentially saying, "Yeah, these things cost more, but it's okay because you'll have free childcare." Oh, that'll help me. Since I don't have children. Right. Yeah. These people have lost their minds. Actually, no, they haven't. I keep, you know, we we, we like to think they're silly or crazy or stupid. They're liars. They know what they're doing. Like, they just straight up lie to you. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So, I'm going to... Since the Democrats really started pushing, like, uh, talk on the big reset back in 2016... I was like, this isn't a thing. <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> so I just got a text message from Superfan Sarah Andreg, and we got a new puppy. We got a very mm. cute new puppy. He's four months old, yes. 18 pounds. And she just texted me, his farts smell awful. And I have experienced those already in the car ride when I picked him up and brought him back. And she yes. is not lying. They are god awful. Um, and now I have a dog to blame it on. Um, speaking of Al Franken, speaking of Al Franken, but yeah, he was saying that, um, (laughs) he was saying, uh, that because of, because of this, we're going to be fine. Oh yeah. uh, The great reset. I was like, I don't really believe in this great reset thing. It's conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. The later that we get into this and you start seeing yeah the inflation and uh everybody's saying no it's yeah. fine uh, uh there was a company i saw i saw this earlier today uh there's a company i don't remember which company it is but they were saying this is what america is going to be like in 2030 you don't rent you mm-hmm. own or sorry you don't own you rent um, you rent everything you rent everything and you're happy about it and uh yep and god oh all of your packages are delivered by drones like i was like I mean, I don't want my packages delivered by drones. I want the stoner kid that works at DHL to deliver it. Because he needs weed money. I mean, he might. we could try to get him to operate the drone, though. He might make even more. I, you know, they, they've said the big stuff is, you know, you're not owning is going to be for the ultra rich. Um, and if it's just in case you wanted to try to save anything or invest anything, they're going to tax your unrealized gains, right. which of course won't apply to the ultra rich who will put all their money, uh, in stuff that they get exempted or exempted or, you know, get loopholes for, or just move all their money, uh, out of, uh, out of the country where they don't have to worry about that anymore. It, it this is just, it, it's, you know, the great reset is 
I, I think the the end part of what some people say it is 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 wrong, but I mean they're they're definitely using COVID as an excuse. They finally found the ultimate crisis, and they're using it as an excuse to push everything that no one would have ever accepted. And to see a large minority of people be perfectly cool with anything that they do uh, just underscores how important it is it is for us to resist these things. Because it doesn't take everyone resisting. It only takes a relatively small group of people. But it's not going to change with elections. It's at least not now. It's not going to change with elections. It's not going to change with public. It, it can change with public pressure and elections longer term but right now for at least the next two three four years you've got to just not 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 comply with it yeah exactly uh how was oklahoma oklahoma was great uh yeah oklahoma was great had a really had some great events with uh, natalie bruno got to hang out with larry sharp who's always fantastic i'll be with larry sharp in, in new york as well uh, and then I was in uh, Sarasota, Florida, actually Bradenton, Florida. I flew into Sarasota, but I was in Bradenton uh, on uh, on were, were yesterday. You were in Bradenton. Um, yeah, that it's the Manatee County Council I spoke at. Oh, I thought that was in Sarasota, but I guess that wouldn't be Manatee. I thought it was too. I flew into Sarasota and I stayed in Sarasota, but the the um the actual the, the Manatee County Council right. is in Bradenton. So I went there and I spoke about the snitching bill. They took SB8 and tried to make it into a county bill. Uh, after talking to some of the council members out or board members afterwards, I'm pretty sure we killed that. Um, and uh, now I'm back here hating Spectrum. You should just move to Florida where we don't have. I don't, do I have Spectrum? I don't even know who I have. I might have Spectrum. Um, I just know they take money from me every month. Um, but at least I'd be in Florida. But you'd be in Florida. And really, if the internet went down, well, the other person wouldn't be able to stream it. So we just have the night off because we'd be together. Well, yeah, I mean, if it, we could strategically live just far enough apart where we're not on the same grid. So if one of our internet went down, we could go to the other one's house. That's true. Unless That's you true. want to live together. I don't think I don't think our significant others would enjoy that. Oh wow, yeah, no, they definitely. I don't They didn't even like the group hug. Well, actually, well Tasha wasn't a part of it, but but Sarah Sarah, Sarah was like not that. a fan of the group hug. She was not a fan of the group hug. Anyway. Anyway. So that brings us. <laughs> and that brings us to the muddy. Oh, to the mud water mushroom coffee re replacement cacao rapid fire segment, brought to you by Mud Water. Mud Water. If you woke up, to go ahead. I'm so used to doing <laughs> it when I'm streaming. Go ahead. If you woke up today, folks, and said, "My God, Spike." Why are you in front of me when I wake up? Well, we'll figure that out later. But then you say, hey, Spike, while you're here, I uh, I don't think I want coffee anymore. I want something totally different, but a similar consistency. And I want it to be made out of masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. Well, folks, 
great news. Number one, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to stay there while you wake up. I'm not even sure why I was there, but also what if they're a year, you can use this stuff. Oh, wow. Why'd you, yeah. Second of all, get out of my house. How about that? Okay. But I'll make you some mud water. Third of all. Yeah. And try when you're leaving, try some mud water. It's got those things and it tastes like something that you would want to put honey in. Um, and if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can experience the joy that I get from t- drinking mud water. And so you can have the, the pep in your step like this. But. But not. Yes, but not. <laughs> end up having a crash at the end of the day like this okay that's harder harder to do when it's not me doing it right <laughs> since i'm barely paying attention when you do it um <laughs> so we've already seen this story uh it broke it broke on sunday and well that's yes. not true first of all we broke this story in early October. We broke it like right around October 5th. Um, we posted about it and I think we discussed it a little bit, but it really got overshadowed because it was at the exact same time that uh, Australian police officers shot a bunch of dogs because they didn't want people from the pound leaving to come and try to rescue them. Yes. So we uh, we we actually touched on this a while ago, but now it's kind of become bigger news. So we're gonna touch on it again. Um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Fauci is an evil human. Yeah, great evil. Um, he has been condemned by bipartisanly, tripartisanly, omnipartisanly, multipartisan, polypartisan. Omni's everywhere, everywhere, right? Omni. Yes. Yeah, omnipartisanly, he has been he he has been condemned omnipartisanly for using tax, uh, taxpayers' dollars uh, to fund evil animal experiments. And when I made this image, I said uh, this image is a bit disturbing, so be warned. But since then. If you're watching this show, I guarantee you have seen this all over your feed. Well, these images yeah. all over your feed. But still. Oop, not that one. Oh, that that's a not disturbing. That is not disturbing. Go to muddywatersmedia.com ah! slash mud. Um, three separate studies that we know of so far. Um, three separate studies that we know of. One from the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia. One from SRI International in Menlo Park, California, and one in Tunisia, Africa. That one is the one that everybody sees the photos of. All three of them, absolutely terrible. Um, Many of them are causing harms to beagles. The one in SRI International, they were cutting the vocal cords of beagles because the sounds of them barking was too annoying while they were torturing them torturing them yeah to death to death yeah. now in one of those in one of the images you saw beagles trapped in cages so flies could eat them another one they were being debarked before being pumped with drugs and killed um 
and one of the most disturbing incidents funded by uh, Fauci's National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases involved taxpayer money given to a Tunisian research lab and puppies had their heads held in cages before being left for sand flies to eat them alive for research purposes. Now, I have no idea what research that is. But that sounds like serial killer shit. Yeah, no, the people that would do this to animals would do this to people. The, uh, incidentally, um, they also, at least in Tunisia, they also had some of the puppies and would uh, tether them and, or, or uh, I guess, cage them out in the middle of the desert to attract the sand flies that they needed for this study. And, uh, and many of them would die from exposure because they would go out there and then they would die from exposure. And then the sand flies would be all over them and they'd, try, and they'd capture the sand flies. Um, Many people know, I'm sure most of the people watching this know that animal testing exists uh, in, in for drugs. This is not new. Animal testing is not new. It's usually done on rats. And also, um, dogs aren't really all that similar to humans in terms of their reactions to drugs. So there wasn't really any reason to use this for dogs uh, instead of like rats or something like that. Also, um, when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to this with the, the dogs, um, they were doing this to drug and uh, to, to test an anti-parasitic drug. There are already animals that have parasites. Like that's actually very common. Our, our, our dogs used to get parasites all the time because we live near the woods and the rabbits will, you know, they, they poop in the, on the, on the, um, uh on, on the grass and the dogs walk through it and they get it on their paws and that's actually i mean dogs get parasites all the time uh there could have been far if they had to test it on dogs which they don't uh there would be so much more there are already dogs that need anti-parasites so why not either test it on them or find a somewhat more humane way to give parasites to dogs than this right now, some of the other tests that aren't in the notes, because I did these notes thinking the show was yesterday and then remembered it wasn't. Um, some of the other tests were they were using uh, some sort form of acid to inject into monkeys' brains in order to increase the amount of terror they would feel. And for anybody who has watched the latest season of Titans or any Batman-related thing having to do with Scarecrow... Um, you probably understand where they got that idea from. Um, and yeah. also not in the notes, but I'm going to try to remember everything that I have that I read about here. Uh, back in 2009, a story broke where Fauci, uh, and the NIH approved funding to give orphan children with AIDS test drugs in order to find out if it would help cure their AIDS. And they never told their guardians that they were doing this. I believe, I believe 25% of those people died, of those kids died. So when you talk about how Fauci screwed up AIDS in the 80s, because mm -hmm. Fauci screwed up yes. AIDS in the 80s. Oh, big time. Big time. Made it so much worse. He created so much homophobia. He created so much fear. Yep. 
he kind of created the word homophobia because of how he treated the AIDS epidemic. Um, yep. He took orphaned children and did experimental tests on them because I'm certain he would never say this, but as he was probably thinking, nobody's going to care. So yeah. they're orphan, they're orphan kids with AIDS. Who cares about them? Keep in mind, this is Anthony Fauci, the man who was hated by the LGBT community for decades because he is the one who caused the gay panic around AIDS. Yes. He said, and he would he would always use the same qualifier he uses now. We don't know if, and then he'd say stuff like, "We don't know if uh, AIDS can be spread." from casual contact or even through the air. People were horrified at being near a gay man for fear of getting AIDS from them by being near them. And that is something that has continued on. There are still people to this day who insist that you can get AIDS from casual contact with gay people. And that is as a direct result of Anthony Fauci and what he did 40 years ago. And the, the fact that he wasn't fired for that and instead is now the highest paid single employee of the U.S. federal government and is continuing to cause widespread torture and harm, including the very real possibility that he funded the gain-of-function research that potentially led to the creation of COVID, is, that's just perfect for government. That's, that lines up perfectly with exactly what it takes to get fired by government. And what a perfect segue, because as we covered a couple of weeks ago, the NA, the NIH had been funding an eco eco health eco health did we ever decide eco health alliance eco health yeah. eco health alliance project that was conducting gain of function research, uh, and we all know that Fauci was consistently s- sitting there in uh, Congress talking with Senator Paul, going, "No, Senator, yep. you are you are the liar. Everything you are saying is ignorant or whatever." Um, we all yes. Know. Um, but now the NIH is saying that Eco Health Alliance wasn't being transparent about how they were using the funds they were being given. Mm. The NIH primary deputy direct principal, sorry, principal deputy director Lawrence Tabeck wrote in the letter that Eco Health's limited experiment tested whether spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. Uh, the admission from the NIH official contradicts Fauci's testimony in Congress in May and July, mm-hmm. um, where he denied that the U.S. had funded anything like that in Wuhan. Um, and Rand Paul... A man of when he wins, he's modest about it. Not at all over the top or braggart like when he no. when he is proven correct. Um he tweeted uh he tweeted over the uh letter and he said, I told you so doesn't even begin to cover it when the letter became public. Yes. And he deserved that because uh, it was very clear and apparent months ago that the NIH funded, uh, and, and specifically the NIAID, which is the uh, the the organization that 
Fauci is in charge of and has been for decades, uh, was funding gain-of-function research. That letter, incidentally, as, as much of a bombshell admission as it was, they tried their best to bury the real meat of it, which is that, which is what was uncovered by the uh, Intercept uh, Freedom of Information Act request by the Intercept, Glenn Greenwald's organization, uh, where they found out that not only did they do virus testing, they actually created a chimera, chimera, chimera uh, I think I'm saying that correctly, basically a hybrid of two different viruses um, and uh, and use that. And that when that letter says, oh, they didn't disclose that it was making uh, uh, making bats sicker, uh, what they didn't actually disclose, they were supposed to uh, say whether there was a 10 percent increase or more or uh, or a tenfold increase or more of the uh, of the amount of viral load from the virus they were creating in the bats there was a 10,000 fold increase and they didn't disclose that so not only was this gain of function research but it was deadly deadly gain of function research that because it was being used used in humanized mice it was being used on humanized mice that means that they knew it could spread to humans mhm mm so they made a virus that had at least 10,000 fold increase of viral load than normal coronaviruses that they knew could spread to humans because they created it. And the government, and in that letter, they said, well, we know uh, that this isn't the virus that ended up leading to SARS-CoV-2 because um, it's only 96% similar to it. And if you think about it, well, humans and apes are humans and chimps are 96 percent similar. And we diverged hundreds of thousands of years ago. So there's no way that uh, or millions of years ago. So there's no way that uh, that it could have spread uh, that way. What they didn't say is that humans evolved painfully slowly over the course of hundreds of generations and that viruses spread in a viruses evolve and mutate in a matter of hours and days. So mm, could, be. could be, and this is only one gain of function test that we know of. They could have done more, and we just haven't uncovered them yet. But the fact is that in Wuhan, China, where an outbreak of a coronavirus, unlike the likes of which we've never seen before, there was at least one organization being funded by the U.S. government that was creating coronaviruses, the likes of which we'd never seen before. Speaking of somebody who's full of shit, Joe Biden had a town hall with CNN's Anderson Cooper this week. Yes. And last week. Uh, I think like a week from today. And uh, even yeah. as SNL stated, nobody watched it. SNL made fun of Biden for nobody watching wow. the town hall. Um, so... Let's go into a little bit. Uh, let's go into a little bit about uh, what Biden said and what's factual. Biden said gas prices relate to a foreign policy initiative that is about something that goes beyond the cost of gas, and we're about three thirty a gallon most places now. When it's up from, when it's down in the when it was down in the single digits, I mean single dot a dollar plus 
and that's because of the supply being withheld by OPEC. He said that? That's a, that is a direct quote. Even the parts that I messed, that sounded like I messed up reading, that is what is typed right here. He came up with that on the spot. Oh, I think he did for most of these that we're going to go into. Now, holy crap. Opec, okay, I'll let you say it because you've got the, the, yeah. So obviously demand for gas has soared recently. More people are out traveling. Uh, more people are out traveling. Coronavirus is we're at the tail end of it. People are going back to work. People are traveling. Right. So the demand for gas is higher, which obviously that's going to drive prices higher. Right. The supply of gas hasn't kept pace with that demand and uh, issues ranging from hurricanes to, to the cyber attack uh, on the, on the, what was that pipeline? The one on the East coast, it affected it, most of the, right. the, the Eastern seaboard. Yeah. Uh, they've also hampered the distribution of fuel for weeks at a time. And while OPEC has not increased production to meet rising global demand, the fact that the U.S. has not ramped up domestic production and uh, some experts blame uh, Biden's policies for discouraging drilling have also added to this issue because oil is usually priced out on futures. Right. I believe always. I don't know why I said usually. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's priced out in futures. Right. So when you're saying yeah, I'm going to end all leases for drilling and nobody should be drilling and we're not going to go into our stock on what we have. Mm -hmm. People who make the prices go, well, that means that oil, that we aren't going to have as much oil going out, so we need to raise the price on what's out there. Also, OPEC, yes, they haven't increased production. They're at all-time highs for production they're producing in some cases double their their uh quota that they've set within opec um i i can't believe he blamed opec oh, opec yeah. is pumping out oil more so than what is in their best interest in terms of price stabilization like I can't believe he blamed OPEC. That would be like blaming. He's been blaming OPEC this entire time, though. That is incredible. That is incredible. I just he's blaming OPEC. Oh. Another thing that he said. Mm. This one I love because it's just so like. I believe this is probably the most factual statement he made. Okay. But he's not saying why it's the most factual statement that he's made. We've created more jobs in the first eight months of my administration than any president in American history, total number of jobs created. You're coming out of an Roughly 18 months. Well, at that time, it was uh, what? 11, 11, 10, 10 month. 
a 10-month pandemic in which, what was it, 10, 20 million people fired? I think it may have been, or laid yeah. off or put yeah. on. It, yeah. The numbers were astonishing. Record number of unemployment. So numbers you have not seen mm -hmm. since uh, the Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah, Everything. actually, actually, actually worse than the Great Depression in, in some areas. Yeah. Everything about that was terrible. The unemployment rate when he took office sat at 6.3%. The week he took office, more than 835,000 people filed for jobless benefits. Um, but we all know that the economy started bouncing back. People started going back to work. People started looking for work again. And the people who were lucky enough to be able to find it, because there's this weird dichotomy going on right now where people are saying nobody's hiring. And the people who are looking are going, or where people are saying nobody's hiring, uh, even if you're qualified. And then the people who are hiring saying nobody's looking. There's this weird dichotomy between the two. And I'm not really sure where that bridge is on why they aren't doing it. But for some reason, qualified people aren't getting hired and people are saying nobody's applying. Don't know why. Um, so people have been finding work. People have been uh, going back to work. Uh, by June, weekly jobless from the 835, from the 6.3, or sorry, from the 835 people filing for jobless claims uh, by June, weekly jobless claims had fallen to less than half of what they were in January. But when you've lost 10 million jobs and you regain 4.5 million of them, which are the actual numbers, because yeah. um, I knew I put them yeah. in, you're still at a negative 5.5. Yep. Yep. Which is why we have the lowest workplace participation rate in, since they've been tracking it. And I think a large part, there's two different things that are happening right now. The low wage jobs aren't being filled because people aren't willing to work for that much anymore because they've been getting stimmy checks and unemployment boosts uh, for quite some time. And some of them found out uh, different side hustles they could do on Etsy and Uber and Lyft and Uber Eats and you know, OnlyFans and, and Amazon uh whatever their their delivery service is called and, and all these other things, they've they've made they've been able to make more money than they would in working these lower wage retail jobs. Now of course they're all about to find out what happens when you're self-employed and the IRS comes after you and you're not incorporated. But uh until then, um what's happening is so that's on the low wage side. And those jobs aren't worth what they want to get paid. So here comes automation. But anyway, uh, on the higher wage side it's that you can't train people fast enough for these jobs. And this is what happens when you play red light, green light with the economy and you, you tell a, a factory or a distribution center or you know whatever else, yeah, you have to shut down because you're not essential. And so they shut down and then they go, okay, you can open back up and go back to business. Well, that business went out of business or they've been running with a skeleton crew. All their furloughed workers have found other jobs. And so now they're you know having to rehire and retrain people, which takes months. Uh, sometimes years. So it's this is what happens when the government tries to centrally plan a community societal response to a to a virus. You end up destroying everything. Yep. And if gonna say, I, I have I hate having to say this all the time, but 
I do. We were not fans of Trump. We hit Trump often. No, gosh. Yes. But if you compare Trump's 2019 unemployment numbers at 3.5%, he is still significantly better than Biden at 4.8%. Yeah. Especially when you consider... Especially when you consider that unemployment only counts the people receiving unemployment benefits. It doesn't count the people who no longer qualify for unemployment benefits. Right. It's like counting the uh, um, the it's like counting the casualties of a shipwreck without including the ones that drowned and sank. R.I.P. Jack. There was room on the. There was debris. there was definitely for room two. on the debris. There was room for two. There was definitely room on the debris. Yeah, Rose is a bitch. She is the greatest villain in movie. <laughs> Here it comes. Here. Uh, nope, not getting into Titanic today. <laughs> not doing it. But Rose is the greatest. You know what I can't believe, Matt, is that it got it got the freaking Oscar instead of what was it? What was the one that didn't get this? What were the other ones that it was up against? Uh, I was up against Goodwill Hunting and As Good As It Gets. Wow. And um, Holy crap. I, uh, I think it may have been up against The Full Monty, too. Like it was up against a lot of good... Yeah. It was up against quality film. Quality film. Yes. And instead... And instead, it got the Oscar. It got the Oscar because Hollywood wanted its first billion-dollar movie more than they cared about quality. Um, and if you, <laughs> I don't know. Listen, you go. Just go ahead and sing. James Cameron made Kate Winslet cry on the set of that movie multiple times because he's a dick. Remember that the greatest moment in Oscar movie history was where he lost for that other shitty movie, Avatar, because that movie sucked too. When it was uh, uh, Dances with Wolves, it was a much better film, and it wasn't animated. Um, when he lost, and when it was animated, it was Fern Gully. It was because um, yeah. he just doesn't have an original bone in his body because that romance, romance in Titanic was one of the shittiest romances of any movie ever. Billy Zane yeah. did yeah. nothing wrong. Oh, he wanted to protect himself no. and his family. Ooh, big, bad guy. Jeez, he's just awful. Yeah. Yeah, just terrible. Yeah. Just absolutely terrible. But no, the poor American popper dude that snuck down onto the other, or snuck up to the other floor of the boat in order to sneak in yeah. so he could pretend to be fancy for a night ends up banging his fiance. Of course he's pissed. Just off. knocking her right out. Just knocking her right out. And, you know, Billy Zane yeah. was a model. Billy Zane, he was a model. Like, one, uh, he was a supermodel. Wow. He was like a highest paid male supermodel. Leonardo DiCaprio was yeah. on growing pains. Come on, people. And God, then, Munich is so she's bad. got a diamond that could have fed how many people? And instead, she goes out in the water. She's about to die potentially leave a what a hundred million dollar fortune to her heirs and assigns and instead she drops it into the water so that she can See, waste that, the other great things she had in her life and that's throw that away too like she so, threw away jack because he could have survived 
And not so her. also you have to think. She went on to Bill Paxton's boat. Bill Paxton? Yeah, he's the one that Yeah. yeah. Bill Paxton. He's the one that died. Uh he mm-hmm. she went on to Bill Paxton's yeah. boat. And she was like, No, I'm not gonna go. I don't want to relive that. And then she finally goes out there, bores them with this terrible romance that they all like cry at because I don't know, they've been stuck at sea for however long they've been looking for Titanic and looking for that stupid diamond. And then after yeah. saying, Oh, I don't know where that is, lost it during the lost it during the wreck. Let me bore you with this story about this awful romance where i cheated on my fiance and basically proved i'm a terrible person i'm going to prove that again by dropping the heart of the sea diamond or heart of the ocean bull crap thing into the ocean and not say anything and then she's gonna die on his boat then she dies on his boat so now he has to clean it up after he was like please come on my boat please come on my boat and she was like yeah okay here i'm gonna come on your boat and totally scam you out of a free boat ride because the last one i went on didn't go real well but at least now i'm getting over my fear and i can finally die and then when she goes to heaven she meets up with jack the guy that she basically murdered and she's like oh look i'm here with the one i love she had grandchildren in that movie what about her husband what about her poor poor husband the man that she spent a lifetime with after she murdered the man in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, where's he? I feel as though he should be slighted. Roses. Yeah. People can say Jenny all they want, but Jenny had redemption at the end. She was like, man, I had really screwed up my life. I'm going to turn it around. And then she died. Wait, oh, Jenny from Forrest Gump? Yeah. Oh, anyone who wants to give Jenny a hard time. She made right on it at the end. She and made she didn't right. Murder anyone? Right. Well. Well. <laughs> intent intentionally. <laughs> right. Didn't intentionally murder anyone. Right. She may have given Hep C to some. Listen, people. they've got very powerful antiretrovirals now. I'm sure Forrest is fine. But so, so what's fun fact for everybody out there? In the movie, it was AIDS or HIV. Uh, you know, the 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 Fauci disease. Uh, in the Fauci. book... Fauci! In the book, it was hep C. Really? Yeah, it was hep C in the book. Hep C. Yeah. That's another one that can be handled now with medication. Right. You know, so, I remember the scene in Forrest Gump when he says, well, I know that I probably shouldn't date you and have sex with you, Jenny, but Dr. Fauci said... That I only had to be scared of gay men. He said, sex with random women is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I got an AIDS-filled one. Wow. And that's why Titanic is a terrible movie. Terrible movie. Absolutely god-awful. Absolutely god-awful. Anybody that likes it probably doesn't watch this show. Um, wow <laughs> anymore anymore um so yeah. okay so speaking of biden biden when it was brought <laughs> when the border was brought up if they had the titanic rule border we wouldn't have this issue yes uh when he uh when the border was brought up he said 
I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down, but the but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. He hasn't been to the border. There is no evidence anywhere that Biden has been to the border. He's ever. lying. Yeah, right, ever. Yep. Not when he was a senator, not when he was vice president. Never even went down to like El Paso, Texas on vacation and happened to be like, hey, there's the border. Never. He has never been to the border. Ever. Ever. And <laughs> do you remember when the, the media, uh, we had a president once. And the media did this thing where they checked, like they kept a running count of all of his lies so that they could say, this president has uh, 13,000 or 1,300 or whatever time documented times of lying. And then Joe Biden replaced him and they said, well, thankfully, we don't have to count anymore. We can trust that we have someone good running in office. And so- then he just keeps lying. So in in uh, the Washington Post, I think is what you're talking about, where they're doing the Pinocchio counter yes. or whatever it was for Trump. Um, they ended that with Biden uh, when he came into office. It wasn't because they said that he wasn't going to be lying, uh, but the guy said it was just too much work to keep up with. Which actually says a lot because he kept up with it with Trump. And he was like, well, this is just wow. gonna be too much work. Yeah. It's going to be too much. This guy's going to lie even more than Trump. The amount again, of spin not, I'm going to have to do pro, is just too It's just, too difficult. Yes. The amount of counter fact-checking and saying, well, but if you think about it, I mean, it's kind of true. I'm sure he's been to a border, and he's probably flown to Mexico, meaning he passed over it, and that's being added. He went over it. So definitely he was there. Uh, One, got a, he's got zero Pinocchio. That's, a, that's the truth. Right. He's, he, we're, we've never said what border. We just keep saying the border. He's been to a lot of borders. Delaware's got like three of them. Um, yeah. Or if you count the ocean. Um, question from Eskimo Libertarian. Genuinely wonderful Eskimo Libertarian. That 300% race. Yes. It's, on its, it's on its way. Um, why do you want him to be physically, why do you want him to physically be at the border at some points? Uh, I want him to go to see what it's like there because they'll actually give him a full tour and explain what's happening there. And he can look, I don't think it's necessarily going to change things, but I want this man to see what his policies look like. I want him to go to the cages. I'm sorry, the Joe Biden happy hour kitty camp overflow facilities i want him to go and actually see what it looks like these people who are you know being given these weird like cellophane things for for blankets and being huddled together yeah those weird looking things and being huddled together in their their hot pockets wrappers and like what that actually looks like and what that like and experience that and see what it is um, I want him to go and see, well, they're gone now because his people, uh, rushed, uh, the, the bridges and kicked out all the, the Haitians and sent them back to Haiti. But I would have liked for him to see that and see, this is what a combination of the war on drugs, imperialist war policy and foreign policy 
your war on migration and empowering smuggling cartels. This is what this looks like. Like this is what this is the end sum of your 40 years of participation in government governance. That that's why I want him to go. Is it going to yeah. change anything? Probably not. But I think yeah. he should at least have to look at it. Yeah, I would I would say at least he should have to look at it because when he's sitting there up on stage reading most of the words they put on the teleprompter, um, the other ones that he's just pulling right on out of that poop shoot. Uh, right. There's a there there is no crisis at the board. Look, there, hey, come on, look, there is no crisis there. Everything going on down there is fine. Like, no, don't look. It's okay, man. And like, like I want him to on, down there to look at it look and fat. say, no, it's not. Even yeah. even if it's just to himself, I want him to say it. Yes. That that's it. Yep. And that brings us. No, instead, let me go with. Um, you know whose nose we don't ever have to rub in their failures? Personal oh. attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. You know why? Because Chris Reynolds is one fantastic lawyer. He's a fantastic attorney. Mm-hmm. If you get injured, if you are driving down the road in Florida and you get into a car accident that is not your, it might be your fault, but you know, you don't admit it. Uh, and you're sitting there and your arms just hanging, just hanging. Uh, Chris will get you a lot of money. He'll get you more money if it's definitely not your fault, but he will make, he will make you so rich. You're going to want to give muddied waters 10% of whatever it is that he gets you. Yeah. 20 you're going to want to give us a good bit of it as much as 30%. And the reason you're going to want to give us half of it is because the uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law is such a good attorney that he's just going to get you, he's going to get you the kind of hundred dollar bill stacks where you can walk around and pretend that you got head beats, headphones and be like, wow, I really like this jam. Hey, wait, this isn't music. This is money. This is cold, hard hundred dollar bills that I pulled out of my bank account. And there's still so much more to spare. And that's why you're going to want to get a, give us 75% personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, chrisreynoldslaw.com. Yes. Be sure. Go there. All right. So I'm hoping. Oh, to... And this is the anchor call-in moment this is where the you anchor can call in to anchor. You go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, leave us messages, uh, and we will answer those messages right here on the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor calling moment. Uh, and then also, if you want to really be our friends, you can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe and become a member of Muddy Waters Media today. Become a mudsketeer in the muddy militia of mud. And then when you do that, for the low, low price of only $10 a month, you get access to ad-free episodes of the Muddy Waters of Freedom uh, on Anchor. Uh, you also get access to exclusive content for members only and you also become an exclusive invitee to the monthly muddied zoom which is resuming next month november 18th and then there from there on every second thursday of every month um of every month uh where we are doing a zoom call with me and matt and who else knows of the of the muddy team jason uh, Noel, uh, Nellick, 
anyone else who wants to come on the Muddy team, and all of our Mudskateer Muddy Mud Skippers. And then you can we can all hang out and we zoom it live, we stream it live so that everyone can watch it and be jealous of you. All for only ten dollars a month. Um, Anchor.fm slash Muddy Water slash subscribe. Yes. Now hopefully this works. Um, I haven't tested it in a while, so. Oh, good. Fingers crossed. Let me know if you can hear it. Yes. Hey guys, it's Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney. Nope. Okay, give me one second. Okay. Give me one second. Yeah. Thanks, Spectrum. Okay. Maybe it's that one. And I'm going to have to add this one. Okay. Spectrum bringing you disappointment for since 2000. Oh, good. They could hear it. So hopefully you can hear this. Chris Reynolds, okay. attorney of law, anchor call in moment, TM, with your Jillian Maxwell trial update. Oh, good. So the judge has decided that the jury selection process will be open and visible for the public. It cannot be done in secret. So okay, I just want to give a little shout out to everybody who's uh, on the crazy train of QAnon and and um, all these other chase the pedophiles. This is your moment. This is what you've trained for your whole life. Yeah. This is the ring of pedophiles. And guess what? Two of our former presidents are involved in this. One of them yeah. is our most recent former president. Hashtag laser legend. Yes. I am. It, it is very interesting how quiet they are being about the Jelaine Maxwell trial. Yeah. It is. Which means they might not kill her. They might just quietly throw her in jail and lock away the key and just hope. That because they if they kill her then it's gonna have to become a big story, and yeah, it, wow. it would be hard to kill her and not have it become like the biggest story. Like it would be bigger than Epstein because it'd be like okay, well, you guys aren't even trying to make this hard for people to come. You weren't even trying exactly. It's like when the second plane hit the tower and you knew that that meant it wasn't an accident, right? Like it was already like when the first plane. one hit the tower. When the first one hit the pla- tower, it's like, I mean, that's probably that's probably terrorism, right? Like that. I can't imagine the plane would act. And then the second one, you're like, all right, yeah, no, this is this is definitely that's not supposed to happen. This would be like the second tower, right? And then when they do it to Bill Cosby. Then that's like World Trade Center Seven. When they when they hit R. Kelly, that's World Trade Center Seven. When they hit R. Kelly, yeah. R. Kelly is our Building Seven because he was trying to buy NBC. Right. Uh, so here's another one from Matt Hicks. I didn't scream. Hey guys, Matt Hicks again on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of anchor call in a moment. Yeah. Uh, just want to clarify something from my previous call in. Uh, at least two of our former presidents are involved in this pedophile ring, okay. one of whom is our most 
recent former president. Hashtag laser legend. Fair. Yes. Fair. I would At not least. be surprised if it's more and um, possibly current. What if Dan, the reason that they wouldn't let Dan Quayle become president is because he wouldn't participate in the pedophile ring? Also, side note, do you remember when Dan Quayle couldn't spell potato and there was almost universal agreement that he could never be president because he misspelled potato or tomato or whatever it was? It was potato. Can we just can we return to that standard that like if you if 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 someone is that I feel like the last two presidents, we aren't even trying like say what you want about Barack Obama, but I guarantee you the man could spell potato. And at this point. I'm not certain Donald Trump could spell potato right, and I am fairly certain Joe Biden doesn't know what a potato is anymore. I would bet that trillion-dollar coin that uh, Joe Biden does not know how to spell potato. Gun to head. Yes. 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 Gun to head. Not in the notes, but the trillion-dollar coin that they're talking, that they've been talking about minting for a while. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to look something along the like like this, about this size, and seeing the headline come up, where it says somebody is now the richest person in the world, probably unknowingly after Joe Biden mistakes trillion dollar coin for quarter. <laughs> Local taco vendor, richest <laughs> man on earth, for. <laughs> Listen, if if we're gonna make trillion dollar coins, let the taco truck people get it. I'm fine with that. Um, so incidentally, just since we're talking about trillion dollar coins now, um, that's completely illegal. So the 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 MMT people that are saying, oh well, we can just print out a trillion dollar coin. See, it says here in this subsection of this rule, it says that the the uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, Treasury can print out uh, platinum coins of any denomination. And so they go, oh, well, any denomination, that means a trillion dollars. What they don't say is that it specifically says that it has to be a, um, a uh, uh, what's the term they use? A, uh, not collectible, a curiosity. It's a specific coin term that's used for coins. That specifically means illegal for, for, uh, um, for circulation. It's only to be held as a collectible, and it doesn't even have its inherent, whatever denomination they put on it doesn't matter, because it's not that denomination, because you can't actually use it as legal tender. So, no, they can't just print out out a trillion-dollar coin. Doesn't mean they won't do it, but the law says they can't do it. Doesn't mean they won't, but they're not supposed to. I'm terrified. Here's our next one. From the Cajun Libertarian, and he promises that this one will not get the show demonetized. Again. Again. Imagine that 
last And she cares my soon death So au revoir to all my new friends that I've met I'll see you on the other side with zero regrets I have to write these stupid songs cause I'm narcissistic But at least we will stay monetized because I wrote it Matthew There's that that's incredible. Expe he, By the way, congratulations. <laughs> that, That's good. That, That's that good. line, I missed like the next two after it because I was like, excuse me, what do you know that I don't? Oh, the lines after that were, and I'm going to die because I said that. And goodbye to everyone. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That was good. Uh, no, that was a good song. I that was that. a good song. Well, here's I another. I want that to be my ringtone. I don't know if you want to. Say but only that, for when you call. That, well, yeah. So here's another one from Cajun. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I'm just trying to find the reason he's trending. He's more than a Jew. I want you to see. He's more than our 2020 VP nominees. Tasha's husband. Case Libertarian, sign off the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Yay, yay! It that starts with, be... he's not cute. He's not that pretty. He's not that pretty. Right, but at least he's witty. He's witty. He's more than just a Jew. Um, not just the 2020 LPVP nominee. Yeah. These are good songs. Yeah, that yeah, I can't be mad at any of the originals he has done. Beautiful, well done songs about the most obscure subjects possible. Um, no, it's good. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Although Noel. I may have found the ringtone for you. That might also be my ringtone for everyone else. When it's you, it's the Matt one. When it's everyone else, it's that one. It's the. <laughs> You want your ringtone to immediately say, he's not that pretty. No, I want to start with, he's more than just a Jew. <laughs> okay. So everyone hears that. Fair. Uh, so we've got a couple here from our good friend in Murder Beach, Stephen Andrew Vitt. Yes. Hello, Guy on Left and Spike Cohen for the Chris Reynolds Attorney at Law Anchor Call-In Moment. I uh, just wanted to see whether or not you guys heard about the backhanded apology by the SBA School Board Association to uh, the White House and uh, Merrick Garland for the DOJ and the FBI investigating parents going to school boards. Today they said that the letter was written by the president of the SBA 
and they basically tried to backhand the apology and say that that letter was not supposed to be released, although it was. So I just want to hear your opinion on that, and guys, have a great rest of your show. Thank you, Stephen. So, uh, actually, yeah, thank you, Steve. I knew that that letter wasn't supposed to be released. I believe they said something about it very early on that that letter wasn't supposed to be released. Um, but instead, uh, it was something that they were going to hold on to until closer to 2022 midterms. Um, because they were going to be utilizing it to keep people from speaking out then. Um, but it got leaked early, and that is why uh, we all found out about it. Um, their half-hearted apology is not even half-hearted. Uh, it's completely bogus, and what they are saying is uh, we hope that you accept that. It's... When a celebrity... I'm not going to mention any names. But when a celebrity does something, like, I don't know, shoot a cinematographer in the face. Yeah. Even if it's 100% an accident, and he knows he needs to go out there and give some sort of mea culpa and say, I'm really sorry about what I did. Uh, it, It takes big brass balls to be in the movie business. Um... God, I wish I could. Thanks, fag. I wish I could remember more of that thing. Edward the world's going to say, "Hey, when working great with job, gun, fag. When, when working with guns, you have to remember A, B, C. Always be checking to see if they're loaded." Wow. Um. There's that one too. I was using Team America. By the way. I was I was speaking of the acronym Film Actors Guild. Film Actors Guild, right? Which is in a movie starring Alec Baldwin. So Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Starring, yeah, starring Alec Baldwin. Strange <laughs> guy, he's in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the apology seemed more like, "Hey, we're sorry this got released. It wasn't supposed to." It's like, yeah, are, but are you we- sorry you tried to have the FBI? investigate people who please, are coming please, to school board meetings to, to to share their concerns please accept no. our apology please accept also our- we still want the government to do this and we are still going to do everything we can with to block parents from giving their opinion but we really didn't want you to know that sorry um yeah, so that's what I think. I, it's not real. Nothing they do is real. They're they're no. they're going to continue to uh, push the envelope on authoritarianism until uh, either we break or we enough of us stop complying that they eventually give up and it starts pushing slightly back in the other direction. Uh, so they're. They are testing the boundaries as much as they can right now. Any apology that you get from them is not an apology. When the threshold, what's happening is more and more states are introducing school choice and uh, education. Um, oh, what's it called? The education um, uh, savings accounts, ESAs, 
which allow you to uh, take the money that you're that you're getting and and put it into uh, education spending and not get taxed on it. Um, especially the school choice uh, bills that allow for the home schools to get the money. When enough of that happens, you're going to see a total collapse of government run education because it sucks and it's been terrible and it will be they will have pushed too hard too fast. And if they had just kept pushing it along slowly, it would have been fine for them. But now because they push too hard and too fast, they potentially could lose the entire government run schooling system, which is probably one of the best things that could ever happen in this country. Yes. Single one of the single that is right up there with ending the Federal Reserve. I would still say ending the Federal Reserve would be the bigger one, but ending government run education would be an absolute bonanza for freedom and for a better society. So here's our next one from Stephen Andrew Vitt. Hello, guy on left and Spike Cohen. This is Steve Witt with another anchor call in moment. And I am calling this time about the Biden administration backtracking on the Title 42 remain in Mexico policy that was put in place by Donald Trump and seeing that it's pretty funny that the Biden administration has backtracked now, given all Mm -hmm. of the immigration that's been happening over the past eight months since Biden took office. So just wanted to hear your opinion on that as well and i will mm-hmm. be listening to the show thank you guys much so so the thing with the remain in mexico policy Stephen, i'm glad you brought this up if you're going to have the status quo that we have now you essentially have one of three choices because what you have is a surge of migrants who do not qualify for uh being allowed in legally they don't have the uh, documentation they need to be able to apply for asylum in many cases because their governments are withholding it from them um, because the governments are trying to kill them. And the uh, and um, you're, you're not letting them in. They're, they're not allowed to come in. They're not allowed to come in, and yet they are coming in. So one of three things can happen. Uh, you can either shove them into cages, which has been happening. Uh, you can disperse them across the country uh, under the dark of night, which has also been happening. Uh, or you can tell them they have to stay uh, on the other side of the border in Mexico and let Mexico have the camps or the people you know, walking around waiting to, to be processed or whatever. Um, or you can do all three of those things, which is what's happening. Um, I think Joe Biden realized the same thing Donald Trump realized. It is a PR nightmare to have camps filled with families. And it is also a PR nightmare to have all these dangerous migrants that you are warning everyone about being scattered across the country because they're not really a threat, but you said they were. Uh, And they're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to do anything. So it's not like they can start the American dream. They're living off of welfare. They're living off of the government, the government, because they have to be able to live. And that creates a problem. So he's figuring out that, yeah, you got to have them stay in Mexico. If you're going to keep this, this, policy in place you have to have them in mexico or somewhere else uh if only to avoid the pr nightmare um do i think that that's going to what i would hope that that would lead to him realizing you have to end the war on drugs you have to end the war on migration you have to end these bad policies do i think he's going to do that absolutely not but that's that's why he's doing this it's the it's, it's the pressure valve 
uh, on PR is to leave them over there. That's the least uh, uh, PR nightmare of those three scenarios. And for Biden to uh, pick this back up shouldn't be surprising. Uh, he early in his presidency, he you know he he said that he wasn't going to build the wall, and then early in his presidency, he was using em- eminent domain in order to finish off sections of the wall. Um, the fact, you know, they weren't going to have no more children in cages and you know, who built the cages, Joe, who built the cages. We all remember that moment. Best uh, thing that man ever said. Is that in the first debate? Cause that first debate was the, I think that was second debate. I think it was, I think the second debate. The first debate was just him. You know that, what? It might have been was, first debate. Man, that was a dumpster. Whatever fire. it was. I feel like it was the second one because the first one was the one where they just, come on, man, shut up. No, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. I, I think that it you're, was the second debate, but hey, I may be wrong. Come, you're a clown, right. man. You're a clown. Come on, man. You're a clown. Will you shut up, man? Will you shut up, man? Will you just shut up, The man? two greatest things that Donald Trump ever did was say that. Uh, and also end both the Clinton and Bush uh, political dynasties. Yes. 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 But yeah. Anyway, hey, you're, as you were saying. Yes. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, so if anybody was shocked that he went back with the uh, stay in Mexico policy, keep him in Mexico, whatever yeah. it's called. We're made in Mexico. You, yeah. Yeah. You you shouldn't you shouldn't be shocked. You absolutely shouldn't no. be shocked because he has been doing it his entire presidency. It's part of the reason he doesn't go to the border because he knows what he's doing well. His handlers know what is going on down there. And if he goes down there and doesn't try to correct it, it would be terrible for optics. So, no, he doesn't go. Um, so, yeah. There you go, Stephen. And here is our last one from Stephen Witt. Hey, guys. I've got one more anchor calling moment here, and this is talking about the supply chain issues that's going on currently. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, I don't really consider it a supply chain issue. More so, this is the imports that are coming over from Asia and whatnot. Um, Biggest reason why they're having such a backup at the ports right now over in California is there's a law in the books that doesn't allow trucks that are older than 2013 that don't have def systems on them to go on to government property on the ports, as well as I'm also hearing different things about having a chassis shortage, um, which there's specialized chassis to haul the containers off the ports, as well as with the 24 hours of the ports running, it's very difficult to go in do those pickups at nighttime and then go and deliver to a distribution center and whatnot. So that's part of the issue. And yes. So a lot of the reasons that you are seeing so many issues in the, uh, in the supply chain and you see all of the ships parked out or anchored uh, out off of the coast of California, off the coast of uh, LA there is because of many times government regulations in California. Uh, you also have yep. union rules that they have to abide by uh, out there yep. that are causing more of the issues. Uh, much of the problems, as we've been saying for 18 months now, many of the problems that you are seeing 
when it comes to the supply chain, anything like that, uh, is because the government attempted to fix something using the government. Yes. And we all know that that is not a way to do it. Last week, yeah, last week, Governor DeSantis here in Florida uh, said, look, our, port, our ports are open. Uh, I'm around Panama, just drop them off here. Uh, we're a right to work state, so we don't have unions. Um, we don't have forced unions. So if people want to work, they can just go and start working immediately. And a lot of ships, I think, are going to start coming this way. He's like, we have the people, we have the power, let's do it. We Let's get this stuff in, and uh, you don't even have to sit there and wait for them to uh, turn around. Right, yeah. The, this, Stephen, these are all reasons that there hasn't been able to be a massive ramp-up to deal with the shortage of labor and the supply chain issues that are in other countries as well. That's why we haven't been able to have a fast ramp-up. The reason why this even became a crisis to begin with is because when the government played red light, green light with the economy, shut down entire industries because they weren't essential, and then opened them and said, okay, you can be open for the next two months unless the cases go up this much. And then if that happens, you got to shut back down again. You can't operate a business that way. So you've had businesses shut down. You've had businesses that have been running on skeleton crews. You've had furloughed workers that have gotten jobs somewhere else and aren't coming back to those jobs. So now they're having to ramp up and hire new people. It, it's, it is many things. And the sclerotic nature of the, of the supply chain itself finally met its match with these lockdowns and mandates. Now you have big companies that can't ramp up their hiring as much as they'd like to, even with the built-in you know, delays in, in training and stuff, because you got to be vaccinated. And there are about 40, the, the people that are, when they show these numbers saying that you know 70-something percent or 60-something percent of Americans are vaccinated, and by the way, they're not fully vaccinated anymore because uh, the number, the uh, the effect of right. goes down. So uh, it's actually probably in terms of what the U.S. government considers fully vaccinated, probably back down to 50 percent. And it will probably stay at 50 percent because you have to keep getting boosters and you're going to have more and more people going, no, I'm not doing the boosters. I'm done with this. No, thank you. And uh, that number is even lower for working age people. So it's the older people that have very high rates of vaccination for understandable reasons. They're the ones who are exponentially more likely to die by sometimes one or two orders of magnitude. Well, I guess never two orders of magnitude because that'd be 100%. But they, uh, by, by, by several times, by, you know, I mean, it's, it is the people in their 60s, late 60s, 70s, and 80s who are not, you know, who, who actually have a higher chance of dying. So, of course, they're the ones that are getting fully vaccinated. They're also the ones not working the docks. So they're the ones that are working aren't vaccinated, and they're being told you can't work anymore. And they're going, okay, I guess I'm not working anymore. And so all of these things together, including the things you brought up, are why we're having the problems we're having. And they're not going away until every one of us or enough of us realize that COVID's not going away. These are not temporary measures. Every couple of months, it's going to go, the case and death rates are going to go up. And then after a couple of months, it's going to go back down. And then after a few months, it's going to go back up. And after a couple of months, it's going to go back down. And it all, these, these waves are not going away. Thanks to probably gain of function research, we now have this, or at least possibly gain of function research, we now have this forever. It's not going away. It's endemic. We have to decide how we want to live our lives, and uh, and we have to resist. Yeah. And if that means they're going to Florida in the meantime, great. Good for Florida. 
I mean, bring them here. Bring them here. Um, don't worry about that. Uh, bring, bring, bring them here. And, you know, Florida's got a ton of ports. Bring them here. Bring all of the ships here. Bring them here. Bring the ships to Florida. On a side note, DeSantis, one, he didn't say, he did not decree this, but he said that he is going to attempt to get a bill passed in special session that any company that forces their employees to get vaccinated uh, are liable for any uh, damages that that employee has because of the vaccine. I'm not, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. He's not saying you, I don't have a problem with that. Like he has a no vac, like you can't ask for cards when people are coming into your business. Okay. Like I'm not a huge fan of that, but whatever on this one, I like it because yeah, he, that I'm not a fan of this. I, this, I don't mind. And I wish he does it for everything. If you want to mandate some kind of medical thing for your people to, to work there, then you're responsible for it. Right. And that's, I think he's going, I think that's how he's going to word it. I'm fine with that. If something I have no goes, problem with that. Be liable for it. Yeah. If something goes wrong, they can sue you. And it's like, in it, in it, what he said, if they get sick, like just sick, not, you know, dead or anything else. Like if they just get, you know, if they're out for a few days because they got sick from this thing, they can sue you. I have no problem with that whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. Um, and that's a form of nullification. Because if enough states do that, if that's successful and enough states do that, that's going to put even more pressure on the businesses to turn around to OSHA and to the federal government and say, we can't do that. Like, you're you're killing us. We, we can't find people to work for us. Now we're held liable if there's any, you know, uh, um, uh, any uh, 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 adverse reactions or anything like that uh, or any allergies or anything like that. You're not allowing us to have exemptions for these things. Something's got to give here. And uh, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm fine with it both in terms of its, you know, respect for property rights, respect for uh, accountability and liability for those who are causing the damage, and also for the nullification factor that it has. I, yeah, I like that. I, I like I that way more than, than the other stuff. I do, too. Um, I do, too. And the other thing I like about it is that he's calling a special session to have them come and vote on it and make it a bill. Because that way it's not him signing uh, executive order, just saying, this yeah. is now how it is. I like that, too. Yeah, I like that, too. I don't agree with the DeSantis yeah. on everything, but that I loved. I was like, I that like that. Is I like a that. Brilliant. Plan. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So here's our last. Here's our last one. Fingers crossed. This isn't inappropriate. Hey there, Spike and Guy on left. This is James M. Ray calling in on the Chris Reynolds attorney at law, personal, oh shit, something like that, anchor call in moment. Anyway, I am calling to thank Spike for coming here at the behest mm-hmm. of Women's Voices of Southwest Florida, which is mm-hmm. Facebook forward slash women's voices dot s w f l so women's voices is one word they're really really nice to us they have been great and um they were spikes 
going to talk about it more, I'm sure. But um, the point of this call <laughs> is that Spike and Tasha need to fall in love with the Sarasota area and move to a condo with a beautiful view on Siesta Key at least three floors up because I don't trust that hurricane spirits thing. Anyway, love you guys. Uh, real quick before I play the last three seconds of this. Uh, Daniel Thayer Sires says, and if you are in Florida uh, and this bill passes, call Chris Reynolds. Yes. Call if Chris you want to get the, get, get the picture, get the, get the Chris Reynolds picture back up so we can. See. Uh, where is it? There it is. If call you him. end up, uh, call, call Chris Reynolds. If, if this bill passes uh, and you are required to take the vaccine to keep your job and you have any adverse reactions, you or your errors and signs if you die can call chris reynolds personal personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law uh by going to chrisreynoldslaw.com and uh and find out today and get that money get that sweet money get that money because you and you might feel inclined to give us 80 90 percent of it at least 100 percent, right especially if you're dead like your kids are probably going to throw it in the sea because they were so inspired by Titanic. What a garbage movie that was, huh, Matt? Thanks very much for coming. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Words I never wanted to hear James Ray say. Um... <laughs> God, you're as bad as him. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, we had a really great time in uh, in uh, in Sarasota. James came out. Um, he tried to... to uh, uh, Thorian and Bill, all the the ladies there, and uh, and and we had a great conversation about it. And uh, yeah, everything went really well. We we had a. I was there for like twenty four hours. I was there for such a short period of time that I didn't get to even see my my partner here, but I did get to see Muddied Waters Media co founder Muhammad Shaker. Yep. And we got to hang out and have a really good lunch. I love him so much. He's a great guy. And uh, it was just a really good trip. It sucks that the only bad thing was that you weren't there. But like, I, we literally had a really great productive trip. Got to make some new uh, allies and friends. Got to see Muhammad. Got to see James and everyone. Got to have some really good fish-based meals. I know you're surprised to hear that. That's and uh, overlooking the water, did the whole thing the group, Did you have the grouper? I had the red snapper, okay. which holy crap. Holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap, was that good? The, I've I've been uh, on a, I haven't been on a grouper kick, but I've been kind of craving grouper recently, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going. I'm gonna have grouper or or sea bass or swordfish the next time it's available at a restaurant that I go to. But yeah, the red snapper, man. My goodness, was that good? And then, and then the next day I had what I have. The view was so good, I forgot what I ate. Oh, I had some hummus and I had some kind of fish something. But uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Nice. Yeah, wish I could have made it. Like, I had so much to do Monday. and You were working. Yeah, you were working. I was working. And I thought about going down. I thought about going down and like filming something with you on Monday. But then I saw your calendar and I went, I'm not driving down there. Yeah, it was nuts. And it was nuts. Like, it would have been nuts to try. Yeah, it would have. We could have maybe carved out 10 minutes. It was it was stupid. Or not stupid, but it was just crazy. It was a crazy schedule. And you were working all day. I was literally there. So, folks, I was there for less than 24 hours total. I was there for 22 hours. Um, and that included, like, sleeping for four hours in between in between 
that night and the the morning session. Excuse me of the uh, of the county board meeting. So that was your personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment. If you want to be on next week's anchor call in moment, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. It's going to be going across the bottom of the screen here in just a second. And not that one, the other one. Uh, and uh, hit the message button. Hit the message button. Leave us a message. We will play them live on the air. Um, right there now, it is across the bottom this way this way i don't it's one of those ways um uh and should you feel so inclined all you have to do or should you feel so inclined hit the subscribe button 9.99 a month you get exclusive content you get uh featured videos you get access to the subscriber group uh on facebook you get 10% off at the Muddied Waters store, muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store. And uh, yeah. Anything you want to add to that? No, thank you. Cool. And if you live in Florida and you are forced to get the vaccine and the DeSantis bill passes, call Chris Reynolds. Sue, Sue, your employer and call Chris Reynolds. That's right. And then or have your us, survivors put in your, in your I'm dying note, say my final wish is for you all to come together and go to chrisreynoldslaw.com and sue the company. What did this to me? Yes. Sue the company. What killed your paw? So, speaking of companies that possibly kill you, Pfizer. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about that. Yeah, I mean, that's um, the advocacy group Public Citizen has released a number of mm. contracts that Pfizer has with separate countries. If you have not read these, fear not. Yes. Because we are here for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're thinking, well, Pfizer is a mega corporation with offices all over the world, and of course this contract's going to be above board. Yeah. Well, if you're thinking that, you're not watching this show. No. No, you're watching CNN. Um, you're watching. You're watching programming that's brought to you by Pfizer. Right. Exactly. You're you're watching. Oh God! What's that guy's name? The late night show host that's terrible that I used to like a lot when he was God, on Comedy that's all Central. Of them. Stephen Colbert. Yes. If you think the Pfizer contracts are above board, you're watching Stephen Colbert. Um, brought to you by Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. Um, so, according to Public Citizen, Pfizer has the power to keep government silent on the terms. In January, Brazil pointed to five terms that it found problematic, ranging from a sovereign immunity waiver on public assets to a lack of penalties for Pfizer if deliveries were late. Yeah. Less than two months later, the Brazilian government accepted a contract with Pfizer that contained most of the same terms that the government once deemed unfair. Because, you know, they wanted the vaccine. 
and Pfizer yeah. just waited them out. Yeah. Um, and said, fine, your people will die. Or you can give us immunity, you get no immunity, and we can actually pre-seize publicly owned assets. Anyway, I, I'm skipping ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, Brazil waived sovereign immunity, imposed no penalties on Pfizer for late deliveries, agreed to resolve disputes under a secret private arbitration uh, under the laws of New York and broadly indemnified Pfizer for any civil claims. Yeah. Um, the contract. And they weren't allowed to tell anyone either. Right. The contract also contains an additional term not included in other Latin American agreements. Uh, the Brazilian government is prohibited from making any public announcement concerning the existence, subject matter, or terms of the agreement or commenting on its relationship with Pfizer without the prior written consent of the company. You know, because they talked about it in January. So they said, we're going to throw this in as well. Pfizer silenced the Brazilian government. Yeah. Silenced it. Um, a similar non-disclosure provision is contained in the contract with the European Commission and the U.S. government. However, those the obligation applies to both parties. So Pfizer can't talk about anything that's in it, and the U.S. government can't. Same with the British or the European Commission. Um, not unless all parties agree. Pfizer, uh, according to these contracts, is in complete control of the supply. And as we already know, they can't be punished for anything that comes out late. If there is a shortage in the supply and they can't meet the demand that uh, that they've promised, no penalty. But the CEO of Pfizer, no penalty. Albert Borla, called a voluntary World Health Organization effort to share intellectual property to bolster vaccine production nonsense and dangerous. He also said President Biden's decision to back the TRIPS waiver on intellectual property was so wrong. Now, for anybody who isn't sure what the TRIPS waiver is, uh, that would temporarily waive intellectual property rights protections for technologies needed to prevent, contain, or treat COVID-19, including vaccines and vaccine-related technologies. IP, says Borla, which is the blood of the private sector, is what brought a solution to this pandemic, and it is not a barrier right now. And before, you know, I'm certain you have comments. That's funny, mm -hmm. Pfizer, because I would not consider you the private sector taking all of that government money and stealing all of the private citizens' lands for projects that aren't even finished. I would yeah. consider you kind of an arm of the government and not the private sector. I mean, I would call you the head of the government to some extent, uh, at least when it comes to this. You know, you are a very dominant arm when it comes specifically to this. Um, you have a company who is telling world governments, including the U.S., that they are to be indemnified for any liability for anything they do, that those governments are, you know, are, have to waive their sovereign immunity, which, by the way, sovereign immunity shouldn't exist. 
but not just for Pfizer. It shouldn't exist at all. It shouldn't just be waived for a multi-billion dollar corporation. And also in the provision, and I don't know, this might be further down in the notes, uh, it says that uh, if you participate in buying one of these contracts, you are not allowed to donate any of the Pfizer vaccines or to accept donations of any of the Pfizer vaccines. If you want to buy one Pfizer vaccine from us, you have to buy all of your Pfizer vaccines from us and no, and you can't give any of them away to anyone else. This is a shakedown. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, what you're talking about in the Albania draft contract and the Brazil and Colombia yep. agreement, Pfizer will decide adjustments to delivery schedule based on principles. Uh, the corporation will decide. Um, Albania, Brazil, and Colombia shall be deemed to agree to any revision. They have no choice. Uh, as a condition to entering the agreement, the Colombian government is required to demonstrate in manner of satisfactory, manner satisfactory to suppliers that the suppliers and their affiliates will have adequate protection as determined by the supplier's sole discretion from liability. Um, wow. Colombia is requiring to certify Pfizer the value of, uh, this isn't that part, I thought it was, uh, uh, Pfizer the value of contingent obligations like potential future liability and to start appropriating funds to cover the contingent obligation according to a contribution program. Where do you think the contributions are going to come from? The taxpayers in Colombia. Yes. Um, you want to talk about a Colombian drug cartel? Pfizer became the biggest. The Sinaloa cartel couldn't hope to have these kinds of terms with any government. Um. So the contract shift responsibility for any intellectual property infringement that Pfizer might commit to the government purchasers. So even though or Borla uh, said intellectual property is the blood of the private sector in these contracts, if Pfizer steals some other company's intellectual property in order to make the vaccines, I don't know, work, um, and then starts distributing those, Pfizer is not at fault, but instead the governments have to pay for it. The old, the old classic, if I get caught stealing something, you got to pay for it clause. Right. Um. So if another vaccine maker sued Pfizer for patent infringement in Colombia, the contract requires the Colombian government to foot the bill. At wow. Pfizer's request, Colombia is required to defend the company. Pfizer also explicitly says that it does not guarantee that its product does not violate third-party IP or that it needs additional licenses. Interesting. <laughs> By the way, we there's a good chance that last clause is going to get activated. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. So 
If the UK can't resolve contract dispute with Pfizer, a secret panel of three private arbitrators, not a UK court, uh, is empowered under the contract to make the final decision. Both parties are required to keep everything a secret. Uh, the parties agree to, to keep confidential the existence of the arbitration, the arbitral proceedings, the submissions made by the parties, and the decision made by the arbitral tribunal, which I feel should that they're a public company. I feel as though this should be public, all of this. Uh, sorry for all the plosives on These the are public governments. So what, what's going to happen? They're going to issue a... They're going to issue a Freedom of Information Act request, and the courts are going to go, no, it's going to have to be private. Agreed. Uh, but if the UK doesn't want to give me information because I don't spend any money in the UK, I get it. Pfizer, right. anybody can buy it across the across the globe. Um Yes. Oh, both in my mind, both parties should be sure. There is absolutely Agreed. no reason that a large publicly traded company's agreement with a government should be in any way uh, anything but transparent. Yes. Um, so Pfizer required Brazil, Chile, Chile, Colombia, and the Dominican Republic and Peru to waive sovereign immunity. In the case of Brazil, Chile, and Colombia, the government expressly and irrevocably waives any right of immunity which either it or its assets may have or acquire in the future to enforce any arbitration award. For Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and the D Dominican Republic, this includes immunity against precautionary seizure of any of its assets as one legal contract expert here in the u.s said that would be like the united states putting up the grand canyon as collateral for the vaccine yes and what i loved was that pfizer's people said this is all preposterous we'd never seize the grand canyon because that's the concern right right the concern was that they were going to seize the Grand Canyon. Yep. Um, there it is. Uh, the contract allows Pfizer to request that courts use state assets as a guarantee that Pfizer will be paid an arbitral award and or use the assets to compensate Pfizer if the government does not pay. And in U.S. courts... Just so everybody knows, the U.S. contract is uh, very private, and you can't get a unredacted copy. So we can only base what is in it on what we have seen in others. But if similar language is in it, in U.S. courts, these assets could include foreign bank accounts, foreign investments, foreign commercial property, including the assets of state-owned enterprises like... Airlines and oil companies. So you may buy a ticket on Southwest and board Pfizer Air. Pfizer. Pfizer. 
Pfizer, where they blow dart you with uh, with vaccines on your right. way in. <laughs> um, the uh, an oil company. They're saying that they can seize foreign owned oil. So so uh, U.S. owned oil rigs on in international waters. Yeah. This is the this is the only other organization I know that swings their stuff around like this is the U.S. federal government, and at times the Chinese government and Russian government, but only in their limited region of the world. The only one that goes to like Latin America, Europe, like just across the planet, and is like, yeah, you have to do everything we say, or else people are going to die. That's the U.S. government. And John Bartosak has a good point. Uh, a means to restrict travel until you get the vaccine. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. Well, he didn't say until you get the vaccine, but I'm I'm just putting that in for him because that means that. Well, it is a means to restrict travel. I'm, yeah. Yeah, and if Pfizer is the one doing it, they'll be like, no, you have to have all of our vaccines and all of our boosters because we're getting paid by Daddy Uncle Sam. That's weird. Why did I say it that way? Daddy Uncle. Pfizer. Daddy Uncle Sam. Daddy Uncle Sam. Pfizer is no longer in New York. They're now in Maine. Um, wow. Uh, good thing I don't run for public office. Um, <laughs> what I'd like it? to be clear. I didn't say that. Right. So, one world government coming soon. The division of Pfizer. Yes, Ellie. Uh, re, re, Ellie. Yes. Um, Ellie. Ellie. So, what Pfizer has essentially done here is they've handcuffed the governments and they've said, "Nope, we are going to be keeping you." tight-lipped on everything, you aren't allowed to say anything or else we can sue you or take all of your supply and you still have to pay us the full amount. They exactly. made themselves more powerful than the governments they have these contracts with. Yeah. yeah. Which goes to show two things. One, um, they wouldn't have been able to get there without the government giving them, all, all the governments giving them the money that they've been giving yes. them yeah. throughout all of this. But it also shows you the government that we have, the governments all across the world, are essentially useless if a company that they have propped up can now essentially silence them on everything. Yep. This they is. Aren't the, they aren't so, the real powers. Yeah, no, they aren't. And so I've heard people say to me, when I because I posted about this a few days ago now, um, I guess before I guess shortly after the last episode of Muddy Waters Freedom, and uh, and I put it out and people said, see, this is proof that we need governments to keep big companies in check, or else they'll take over and tell us all how to live our lives. And I said, no, this is proof that governments are powerless to stop the companies that they prop up, and that none of this could exist without the power of government. It is government that is protecting their IP. It is government that is protecting their, um, that is ma mandating that you get it. It is government that is subsidizing it so that they don't have to charge a, a fair market value for it. It is government that is upholding these secret contracts 
and and forcing someone else to pay for it. None of this would be happening under a free market society. Under a free market society, if a vaccine was necessary, there would be so many more suppliers of it, especially once you get into international, because you wouldn't have multinational IP agreements and all this nonsense. You'd have so many other, so many different people supplying so many different versions. You would have so much more rigorous uh, uh, controls of making sure, or not controls, but rigorous uh, accountability for if something goes wrong, which inherently is going to have a controlling effect on those companies to make sure that what they're putting out is safe, because they're not literally saying, well, yeah, there's a good chance uh, we're going to end up hurting people, so you have to protect us uh, or indemnify us. None of this exists without the coercive power and centralized planning power of the state. So this is the monster that government created. It could not exist in a truly free market society. Yes. So Pfizer, uh, they will say that they're doing this to help you. They aren't. They're doing this to line their own pockets. I didn't put it in here. Yep. Um, I think the U.S. government gave them $2 billion. The U.K. gave them $1 billion. They got like $500 million from two of the country. Like, they're making like $7 billion on this vaccine total so far. So far. So far. And Steve South says, who will enforce Pfizer's contract if, when the governments can't pay, will Pfizer hire their own army? No. So most of these places have already paid. They've already paid. They may not pay for boosters in the future, but right now, all of the pressure is on Pfizer, which they don't have any pressure because they can't be sued if they default in any way. So they've already been paid. They could just essentially say, okay, well, we're done making this now. So, all right, we're done. We're okay. There's nothing left. And uh, there would be no retribution. The governments would not be able to come back to them because it's in the contract. So Pfizer doesn't have to worry about that. Uh, And should something happen where, let's say, Brazil doesn't want to give up one of their state assets to Pfizer, uh, I'm just going to go out in the dark and say Pfizer can pay their army better. At this point. Yeah. And here, the other thing is this. The governments aren't going to reach that point because they just steal it from you. They just steal it from the taxpayer. Governments have no problem paying for stuff. They just steal. They're thieves. Yep. You've got thieves negotiating with, with one of the company that one of the cartels they've created. There's no problem paying. They can just print out more money. They all have, all these countries have central banks. They can just print out more money and, and give them that. And stick you with the bill for it, with interest. So that that's not an issue. They'll definitely get paid. Yep, not an issue at all. So that concludes this week's episode. This of, cheery episode. This cheery episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom on Wednesday. Um, yes. So Spike, you don't have a show tomorrow. No, because today would be when I do the show. Right. Uh, but we did, we're doing this instead uh, because I wasn't going to be able to be here, back here in time on Tuesday. So we did the show here. Um, but uh, so instead, tomorrow is Thursday, which means that's the writer's block. And who's your guest for the writer's block? Tomorrow I have Scotty Bowman. Scotty Bowman's coming on my episode tomorrow. And he is running for police commissioner of Detroit. 
Yes. Yes. He's running for police commissioner of Detroit. He's in a two-way race. And uh, it's gotten ugly. They're, you're going to have some stuff to talk with him about that because his opponent is literally stealing his signs and he has video proof of it. Um, this, yeah, it's pretty, it's gotten nasty. Um, and uh, so then I will be, where am I going to be? Oh, on uh, Friday, uh, actually on Saturday, I will be in, Bur- well, on Friday, uh, join uh, Noel and Melik for uh, Cajun and Eskimo from Bayou's to Igloos at 9.30 Eastern. Uh, then on Saturday, come join me out in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I will be there with Jonathan Reels. We will be collecting signatures to get him on the ballot to be the next um, congressman in the in his district. I want to say the third district of uh, of um, Alabama. I should probably learn that before I collect signatures for him. And uh, and then join us here on Monday for the next episode of Mr. America: The Bearded Truth uh, with Matt L- Matt Lyon. Wow. Jason Lyon. Um, and then on Tuesday, and Jason's join us right guest, back here. Jason's guest. Oh, is, who's Jason's guest? Man, I shouldn't have spoke up. John. John Grijalva. That's fantastic. Yep. Sean Grijalva. Grijalva. <laughs> and then join us next I, week. I don't know who Sean is. On Tuesday. I was like, I don't know. Sean Gravel. He's a good guy. I love Sean Gravel. Join us next Tuesday. Same muddy place. Original muddy time. Normal muddy time. For the next fan dammitless episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events. Like the increasingly dour and cynical men we are. So Spike, if someone were trying to find us on the internet... Would that be possible? Yes. So possible, in fact, that it's eminently possible. So you can go to. I don't know how. Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Slash. Go to Anchor. Slash Muddy Waters. Go to Anchor.fm. Waters. Where you can listen to all of our episodes. And you can also. Also, Matt, guess what? Sorry, you can leave us messages on this show, and then you can also um, become a subscriber by going to anchor.fm slash moneyed waters slash subscribe. And for only $9.99 a month, you get access to exclusive content, ad free episodes, and access to the Muddy Zoom. Also, you can, oh. Or you can find this in every episode of my fellow, of, well, that too, of Muddy, the Muddy Waters Freedom, uh, of all episodes of our shows on MuddyWatersMedia.com. Matt? Big shout out to Jason Lyon. Um, also, again, a happy yes. belated birthday to Jason, uh, even though I wish him a happy birthday on Thursday. Um, yes, happy belated birthday, Jason. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Tune in tomorrow for the writer's block where I will have Scotty Bowman on tune in all week long. We've got shows coming up every day, except for the weekend where spike will be pumping out content for all of you out there who just want to collect it like squirrels in winter before winter, collecting up your little acorns of Liberty 
all weekend long with Spike, Jason Lyon, us right back here next Tuesday, Mighty Waters of Freedom. Have a great weekend. And where we're going. Oh, we're doing. We don't need roads. Right, and Spike Cohen.